Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in Los Angeles and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you're enjoying this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Episode 10 starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Believe in Sparks. I'm Stacey Pates, alongside the amazing and talented Sydney Weiss, who is in my living room. I am so excited. I can't even stand it. She got to come home for Spain for a little bit to handle some business, and Sydney, how's it going over there? Spain is beautiful. Um, This is my third season playing overseas, and I have to say that this has been my best experience so far. Not to take away from the other two, each one brings its own characteristics and great stuff good stuff challenging things but this country is beautiful the league is competitive and we are also playing in a european league so we play in the spanish league plus uh it's called euro cup so we play two times a week against some of the best teams uh in spain and around europe and then uh, i love my teammates love the staff uh, where we live is beautiful we're in the mountains and there's snow on the mountains right now and mm-hmm. I'm really fortunate to be where I am, so I could go on and on talking about it, but Spain, if you ever feel like you want to visit somewhere in Europe, go to Spain. Oh, I heart Spain. I've only been to Barcelona, but I know the town that you're in just sounds so lovely, and the people sound so, I know you have a love-hate relationship (laughs) with Barcelona right now, but it is a beautiful place, and speaking of snow, there's actually snow in my home state, in Indiana. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That's why I live in LA. Yes. My mother told me on the phone yesterday, she's like, hey, honey, guess what? We broke a record nationally. It's on national news. I'm like, what? Who broke a record for what? She's like, it's only eight degrees. That's the coldest it's ever been in November <laughs> in Indiana. That's horrible. Like, that's just painful to me because uh-huh. my family grows up, grew up in Minnesota, and I'm thankful my parents moved to Phoenix Oof. because the family that still lives in Minnesota during this time of year is especially why? <laughs> <laughs> I have family in Minnesota too. Oh my I gosh. Know. It just hurts my bones thinking about that snow and wind. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. It hurts my feelings too. Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, I'm glad that you get to enjoy some LA warmth and you'll get to go home and see your mom and family soon. And yes. grandma's already texting you like, where are you? <laughs> Hurry up and get home. Yes. I'm happy that we could finally connect in person. This is yes. the first time that Stacey and I have met yes. in person. So it's really cool to be able to do that. And then obviously see other friends and family and take a break from basketball, which doesn't happen often mm-hmm. and be a, a person mm-hmm. <laughs> for a second. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be nice to be home with everyone for a little bit. I love that. Let's talk about that for just a hot second, because I I can relate, you know, with, with television business, it takes a, I call it taking pieces from you. It takes a lot of pieces from you every day because you want to be on and you want to play your best and be your best and also show up for the fans and for the viewers in Mm -hmm. my case. And, you know, it's how, how do you describe to a non-athlete, um, 
just how many pieces are taken from you every day. And it's something that you don't take for granted. You take yeah. it very seriously and you love it very much, but the value in just being able to breathe and not have to do anything. Yeah. And, and it's shifted for me as I've gotten older because I still, I mean, I love basketball I for fun. And when I need a stress reliever, I go and shoot. Like mm. I still, I value the connection and the relationship that I have with the game that has transcended so many things and has helped me get through different things throughout life. Uh, but as it's become my job now, I've had to train myself to take a step back from it sometimes. And so that's been different for me because I would always go to it. Like when life got stressful, I would go to basketball, I would shoot a little bit. And now because I play every day and almost year round, I, I had to find new ways to uh, find a stress reliever that was separate from basketball because I couldn't go to it all the time. I needed to break from it. And so I've learned the value of rest and the value of turning it off and mentally, physically, um, just so I can be my best when it is time to be on the court, when it is time to be around my teammates and learning how to separate even those relationships. Okay, we're on the court right now. We got to take care of business, but now once practice is done, okay, we can be people. Like mm -hmm. we can just have a relationship outside of that. We don't have to talk about basketball. Like sometimes it's healthy to do that, but for the most part, it's like, okay, let's talk about family. Let's talk about other interests. And so I think being able to play for a living has helped me become more well-rounded because I used to be, I mean, ball is life. Like I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get shots up. I'm going to listen to music. And now like, because it is what I do and I'm fortunate to do it the moments that I do get to step away from it like this and be home, I'm a lot more present because I know when I go back, then it's time to turn it on and I have a job to do and I want to do it the best that I can. But, and you obviously have to continue to prepare for that job. You have work to do outside of practices and you learn yourself um, as a professional, as a competitor, if you need to get more reps in what you're doing, then you do that. But you also, I know I've learned taking a step back and be very healthy too. So when I'm with my family, I know they always ask a lot of questions, especially because we're together in person and we do stay in touch thanks to technology. Mm -hmm. But when we're in person, especially in the middle of the season, they've been asking a lot of questions about what it's been like over there. And so it's fun to talk about it. Uh, but then once those like initial greetings are done, then we can actually just enjoy our time mm -hmm. and share moments together separate from basketball that I've learned to really ch cherish because basketball has become year round. Yeah. So, but I still love what I do. I love it. Of I course. love basketball, but it's nice to also take a step back and not focus on it for a couple of days. Absolutely. And there's a, and thank you for sharing that because there's a lot of value in taking a step back because you're rebooting Yeah. and you are a better version of yourself. It's like with, with anyone, if you think of a family that has young kids, I think there's a lot of parents that might feel guilty about going out on a date night or, or leaving the kids with, with the grandparents for one day. I think that's wisdom to do mm -hmm. that because you need to focus on things that when you go back into that basketball arena or back into that, um, that home, that you are a stronger, better version of yourself, whether it's more rested, whether it's just stepping back and evaluating things. And it's just, it's good. It's valuable. Mm -hmm. and, and people are way too hard on themselves if they're not working 24 seven it's good to take a break. Yes. And playing in Europe has also shown me a different pace of life compared to, because when you think of America and if you haven't left America, this is all we know, the speed and the mm -hmm. culture and the pr constant production. Um, it burns you out, but you're not supposed to get burnt out. And that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. And so going to Europe, 
uh, a lot of the countries that I've been to, they operate slower. They were in Spain, they have siesta periods. So they'll work uh, for morning, half the afternoon, and then they'll have a three hour break where everything's closed, people are home. They, if you wanna take a nap, if you wanna just chill, you do that and then you come back and you finish the rest of the day. Like I think things open up again at like five until like 11 at night. And so people, uh, anywhere that you go, there's different value systems, but I've noticed in Europe, the pace is a lot slower and you can just sort of take a deep breath sometimes. And it's easier to do that over here. It's more working it into your schedule, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is you, you got to do what you got to do. But I really appreciate having a chance to, and where I live compared to LA is a lot smaller. We don't have a car, so we walk everywhere. It's a very much slower pace that is healthy for me. I love that. And my favorite part about Europe, if you've never been to Europe, those who are listening, they don't just eat, they dine. They, it's an experience. (laughs) The phones are put away. You're making eye contact and you're truly enjoying the food. Yes. And there's like four or five courses. (laughs) It's the best. It's not the best when you're really hungry. Truth. However, you, by the time you're done, you're full. (laughs) It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I love that. Well, I promised our listeners after uh, our last episode, we were talking about the NCAA's ruling um, about paying student athletes for their images, likenesses, sponsorships, um, all of that sort. And I promised everybody that we would get your take on this. Having been uh, a student athlete, you played at a high level, very decorated when you played, you grinded through workouts, practices, games, every day of the year combined with college courses. Mm -hmm. I think student athletes are still among the hardest working athletes ever. Mm -hmm. How do you, when you trained and competed for a top collegiate uh, program and you spent so much of your life training, explain the effort, time, commitment, everything required of you as a college athlete. Yeah, it was, it's like a job. you, I, I know that depending on whether you're in season or off season, it, it will make your days different. Uh, but it's, I mean, you wake up, you're on until you go to sleep super late at night because you have a lot of work to do. You have classes, you have practice, you have weights after practice. At some point during the day, you have to eat. Um, and then you have study hall. Sometimes it's mandatory, sometimes not. Plus you have to do studying on your own, homework on your own. If you have online classes, you have to make sure you take care of that, stay organized with that. You have meetings with your coaches. You have film sessions on your own with your coaches. You have meetings with a uh, academic advisor. You have meetings with your team. If you're in other clubs outside of your own sport, you have meetings for that. We had a student athletic um, committee that would talk about things outside of outside of sports that we wanted to do within the community. You had community service opportunities. I mean, I can keep going. Mm-hmm. It, it's but I think all together encompassed. You're representing your university, and you take so much pride in that. And so I know for me that during those long days, early mornings, late nights, there was a joy in all of it. So I I really had an amazing college experience. But you you were packed in Mm -hmm. what you did. Absolutely. And you didn't mention, because you said you could keep going, you have meetings on compliance. They talk about, you know, certain issues like abuse and gambling Mm -hmm. and all that stuff packed into what you already mentioned. Yes. How in the world, because the NCAA promises that this will not disrupt the student part of the student athlete, how in the world 
are they going to be able to regulate this and make mm-hmm. sure that academics doesn't take a backseat? Yeah. Um, well, I know for me, um, the the rules that the NCAA had in place when I was a student, it, I'm sure it's obviously it's shifting, uh, but I had opportunities when um, I was in school where I could help out with camps. Uh, my cousin, who's a trainer out here, he wanted to put me on a flyer for his training services just to sort of promote himself and also promote what I was doing. And that was against the rules. And so little things like that, where, you know, it it wasn't that big of a deal. I wanted to just help out at camps and I couldn't do that. And so there's certain things and opportunities that I was, I missed out on because the rules were very strict. However, when it comes to this new law being in place for paying student athletes and focusing on, in my opinion, the wrong things. Um, For me, being a student athlete is the last time that you are an amateur and you're gonna taint it by bringing money into the picture. Now there's rules that the NCAA has and there's things I'm sure going on behind the scenes that might not be the best. And I think that there's some rules that they could really ease up on, but to take it to this next extreme and to bring money into the picture, to take away from I mean, how are you going to distribute that to, is it equal? Is it not equal? So now you're going to have people who are looking at the wrong things when they're trying to decide where to go to school, Mm -hmm. emphasis on school, not Mm -hmm. even getting, not even playing a sport. So how does that, what does that look like? And then how do you, how do you as an 18 year old stay focused on your degree? Mm -hmm. So I, I think of myself when I was 18, I don't, Money to me is, I just need enough for Chipotle. Like that's, <laughs> I still how I operate. I just need a nice meal at Chipotle every once in a while. But 18 years old, I mean, I remember like we talked about, we also had meetings on money management mm. and um, learning how to start saving or uh, different details with that. And when I was in college, I didn't, I didn't, ha- I didn't have enough money to really even know what to do with it. Mm. Um, but it didn't really apply to me how am I supposed to know if I had money, what to do with it? Mm-hmm. I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. And so for me, why isn't representing a college and getting a free education enough? That's how I look at it. And I, I think it takes away from the pride of representing your university, of representing the town that you live in, the city, the conference. And that's the beauty of college sports. And I'm fortunate where I played women's basketball, which is relatively, it's a powerful sport compared to the likes of women's rowing, of uh, some, some schools have rugby as a sport, like those women's hockey, hockey in general, um, soccer even. I mean, you, you could go down the line of these sports that don't get enough funding to begin with. Are we going to lose those sports? Mm-hmm. Are we focusing on the top 1% individually that will get paid for their likeness but at the same time you're coming in you haven't done anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know i mean we could keep talking about it i just i really don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna go about it and regulate it and make it consistent i don't know if that's possible yeah i agree and i agree with all of your thoughts and sentiments as well because it does pervert the beauty of amateur sports 
and it is just going to be an upper echelon of student athletes that are going to make the most money. And schools. And schools. And then when you think about the schools too, what about the smaller schools? They're going to have to yeah, cut programs. Exactly. I mean, and it's just, there's so many things. The normalcy of the student athlete will change. Recruiting visits will change. All of a sudden, it's not just a recruiting visit anymore. It's a business trip horrible it's, and we're kids we're supposed to be kids and I'm I'm fortunate where I've been able to go on professionally and still play but I know for a lot of people college athletics is the last time that you will be competing at the highest level and I I look back and I am thankful I didn't have to worry about endorsements sponsorships things that as a professional now you're taking care of yourself and you're within your team doing what you got to do but in college, you could be a kid, mm-hmm. be a kid mm-hmm. and enjoy that before you enter into the professional world as a business person, as an athlete, as whatever you're going to become, get your degree and enjoy getting your degree. Yeah. Don't try and speed up the process of becoming money hungry or worrying about the wrong things. Enjoy representing your university, getting an edu- education and that being enough. Yeah. And then don't worry about the NCAA. I mean, the NCAA, if they make the, their money and they're, they're, they're greedy about it, so be it. But for me, I just, I'm grateful that I was able to represent something um, apart from the NCAA and re- really focus on representing my university mm-hmm. and getting a free education. Yeah. And that's it. And it, it opens so many doors to take for granted what you do have. Like you said, mm-hmm. the free education. I think for these, these student athletes that are going to be the highest paid, it will affect them in so many ways, A, being too young, A, being uneducated in how to take care of their money. Then you have all the hangers on. You have, what about the team player aspect all of a sudden is even less important than it mm-hmm. may have been before to a superstar because the better they play, the more endorsements they can probably earn. So it's going to hurt everything, everything, everything. And it, it does, it bums me out, but the NCAA has made it interesting. I mean, that's what we can say. We all make it interesting, don't we? (laughs) Human beings love to make things interesting. They do. Just go play the game and get your degree. That's, that's the moral of this story. Would you agree? I agree. Just enjoy playing it. And I, what's the beautiful thing about playing sports is it it reminds me of being a kid. That's the whole purpose of it is you want to win games and win championships, but you're playing a game. So you don't have to bring money into the mix to, to make it interesting. There's no reason to make it interesting. The game within itself is already interesting enough. I love that. And we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to you all because <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. she just said it best. There's nothing else that I could say to top that. It has been a thrill to have Sydney Weiss in my living room. I love this girl. We love the Sparks. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Believe in Sparks. Continue to follow Sydney on Sweet Baby 24, both on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Stacey Cates also on both of those platforms. Thanks again for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Go Beebs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's okay. We were talking about college sports. Go Sparks! <laughs> I love it. It was so natural. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save.